Alrighty, what are we doing over here? Ooh, where are we? Ooh, Alright, what do you mean to tell you? Where are we? Oh. Mm-hmm. Alright. I ain't doing that. Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're Daf Chafei, Daf 25 of Masech Kiddushin. Friends, friends, listen up. Here's the deal. Daf 25, I don't think it's so hard. It's a little awkward. But it's uh, not so hard. I should ask my friend. I should tell my friend about this stuff. Maybe she'd like it. But, um, so, um, basically talks about castration. Alright, uh, we're going to start on Daf Chafei, Amud Aleph. So, says the uh, Gemara, on Daf Chafei Amud Aleph, two lines into the uh, page. So, the Nizonia. So the elders of Nezonia, also the Fergit of Chizda, they didn't come to 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 to, to the Beis Hamedrash to Rav Chizda to Yishir. So Rav Chizda says to Rav Amnuna, "Zilts no inu." Oh, go in. That's a not, it's like a step down from excommunication, right? Excommunication is pretty severe, but if you're, you know, these were well. These were rabbis of Chizid didn't want to excommunicate them. Basically, what does Rashi say? He says, um, Stay at home. House arrest. All right, okay. It's Kilo. He was uh, not approving that they did, that they, that they, that they uh, ditched the shir. Ozal Omer Lehu, sorry, Ramnuna went and he says to these Sove uh, Denizonia, My time is lost, Rabbon, and the Firka, how come you didn't come to the shir? Omrulay, so they responded to Ramnuna, Amai Nesu, why should we come to the Shir? Debainun Minei, Milsa Vilei Pashalon, we asked him Epis, and he didn't give us an answer. So why, why, why should we waste our time? Omrulay, so Ramnuna says to them, Mi Baisu Minoi Midi, Vilei Pashit Nelechu, well, have you asked me anything and I didn't give you an answer? Ask me. Ask me. So Bominus, they said, fine, here's our question. Here's our question. Uh, an Evid Kanani that is Odon cut off his testicles. What's the Allah? Does he go free or not? Is it considered a, a revealed mum? Since you can, you know, if you're looking at the uh, scrotums, you could see the testicles inside Darton. So maybe that's considered revealed. Although, or maybe since it's inside the scrotum, it's the kind of not revealed. So um, that's the shaila. So lava and Ramnuna didn't know. Amrlo. So they said to Ramnuna, "You see, now you're also wasting our time." Mashimcha, what's your name? Amrlo Amnuna. He says, "My name, my name is Amnuna." Amrlo, lava Amnuna, ella Karnuna, loser. So they made fun of him. And they said, Hamnuna? More like Karnuna. Like, you know, we say at the end of the Mesechim, we can see him, not like Miyoshev Kronis. You're a Yoshev Kronis. Scram skedaddle. Also, the comment of Chizda. So now, Rav Hamnuna goes to Rav Chizda, Amale. And Rav Chizda says, Oh, that? Masnisa Baominach. Ah, they asked you about a Brysa. The Tananas, we learned in a Mishnah. That there are 24 sort of like limb endings in a uh, person. Kulam ain't metamin. I guess bottom in a fellow. Kulam ain't 
Metamin Mishum Michyo. Now, when it comes to Tsaras, they would not be Tommy, right? Because it says, what does it say by Tsaras? Does it say something? It says, Umichyas Basachai Baseis. It says, Lechol Mari Eni Akoid. That the coin needs to see the entire blemish. Now, if you have a Tsaras on like your fingertip, so you can't see all of it at once, because if you look, you know, parts of it are going to be on like different slopes of the finger if it's at the tip. So therefore, you can't see the entire blemish in one siding. He has to like look on different sides. And when you look on one side, you can't see on the other side, etc. So therefore, um, it would not be uh, Tomei. It would not be Tomei. Ve'eluheim, Roshi, Ve'eluheim. These are the 24 limb endings. Roshi et zbaus yodayim v'aglaim. Well, the... Uh, fingertips of your fingers and your toes. So that's 20 out of the 24 right there. V'roshe oznaim, your uh, ears. V'roshe echotim, the nose. V'roshe agvia, and the penis. 24. V'roshe dodim shebisha, and for a uh, woman, so I guess the, the penis isn't one of them, but uh, breasts. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, af shavoish, and Rabbi Yehuda says, even uh, with a fellow, his chest. Vitaniella, and we talked about it. Bechulam evid otziboim lecherus. That on any of uh, these things, if they get popped off, so then the evid were would go free. Rebbe Omer now says Rebbe afaserus even a castrato. Benazi Omer and says Benazi af haloshin. Benazi says even if he cuts out the tongue, the evid would go free. Omer my. We said earlier, we just said, Rebbe Omer Afa Seirus. And Rebbe says, even a castrato. Seirus Demai. When we're talking about a castrato, what exactly got cut off? Elema Seirus the Gid. If you're going to say it's the penis, not the um, testicles. So Hainu Gvir. We already said that. The Tanakama already mentioned that. So Elalab Seirus debates him. It must be that uh, the uh, testicles got uh, castrated. Um, Period. So uh, basically, the question of the Save Dinizonia is Machlekes. The Tanakama says that he would not go free, and the Rebbe says he would go free. That's the answer. It's Machlekes. Now, Rebbe Omer Afaseris, Rebbe had said that even a castrato would go uh, free. The Rebbe Loshin low, but not. The tongue, because Benazi mentioned the tongue. Right, Rebbe, right, meaning we mentioned 24 things, and then, then Rebbe adds castrato, and then Benazi adds the tongue, implying that Rebbe excludes the tongue. We have a contradiction. If you had a fellow who's being sprinkled with the may um, chatas, with the water of the para aduma, with the ashes of the para aduma in, inside of it. So, if you have a fellow, um, uh, he was getting uh, sprinkled with the meichatos, uh, and he got sprinkled on his mouth. Rebbe Omer. Rebbe says, he's a. Rebbe says that um, it's a sprinkle. It's a valid sprinkle. And the Chacham say that it's, it's, it's an invalid. It doesn't count as a sprinkle. My love. Alishonu. And let's say that when it talks about the mouth, it means the tongue. That the sprinkle hit the tongue. And, and, uh, Rebbe is saying that the tongue 
would be a uh, valid sprinkle. Now you have to sprinkle on a revealed part of the body. And um, and the Gemara is going to explain in a little bit what the machlokas is exactly. But anyways, Rebbe saying, if it lands on the tongue, it's considered a sprinkle. So here also, if the tongue gets cut out, it should be considered a, a, a missing limb that the evidence should go free. No, it's not talking about the tongue. It's talking about if it gets on the fellow's lips. What do you mean? If it got on the lips, of course it's a sprinkle. Why wouldn't it be a sprinkle? It hit the guy on his lips. So Well, I may have thought, I may have thought that, well, sometimes you can hide your lips, right? You can close your, you can zip your lips, seal them really tight to the extent that they're like hidden. And therefore, uh, maybe it wouldn't be considered a valid sprinkle because your lips aren't always visible, aren't always exposed, necessarily. So what Rebbe is teaching us is that even if it hits the lips, um, still it's a sprinkle. But one second, you're seriously telling me that, it, that it's talking about the lips? It's not talking about the lips. It's talking about the tongue. But we learn in a b'risa, explicitly it says, if he sprinkles on the tongue, and more so, that when it comes to a bechor, it's considered a mum if most of the tongue is missing. So we see that the tongue is considered, uh, you know, significant if it's missing. So Rebbe Omer, Rov Medabisha Bilshono, and Rebbe, um, 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 what's the word I'm thinking of? I don't know. But Rebbe, uh, you know, is on board with that. And he says that when we mention the tongue, we're saying most, right, right, right. The majority of the part of the tongue that is, you know, that is like uh, wiggly, you know, part of your tongue is like connected to your mouth and part of your tongue is free to wiggle around. So part of the wiggle around part of the tongue. So we see that according to Rebbe, the tongue is significant. So El Rebbe, oh, okay. So no, so one second. So what happens? We had this Mishnah. The Mishnah says that there are like, you know, 24 different limbs. Uh, that the Evid Kanani can go free from. Um, Rebbe adds castration. Ben Azai adds the tongue, implying that Rebbe doesn't hold of the tongue. So no, El Rebbe Omer Seiruz Vlomibaya Lashin. So rather, no, Rebbe is talking about castration. If the fellow gets castrated by Zodan, so he goes free. And certainly, if his tongue gets cut out, he would also go free. Ben Azai Omer says, Ben Azai Lashin, Avol Seiruz Lo. Benaze says only if his tongue is cut off does he go free, but not if his testicles are cut off. Umay af. So when Benaze says even the tongue, it's not in addition to Rebbe who says the testicles, but it's in addition to the Tanakama who says the twenty-four limbs. All right, but the uh, but the testicles uh, Benaze would not uh, be on board with. Um, if that's the case, if that's the case, then shouldn't we list Ben Azai before Rebbe? Meaning, wouldn't it make sense that it should be the Tanakhama list 24 things? Ben Azai adds to that the tongue. And Rebbe adds to that castration. So, and for the Gemara, again, I feel like we've seen a few of these things recently, or maybe I'm just excited about this recently. But Tano, Shama, Rebbe, Vikava, look, the Tano who taught this, um, uh, you know, these teachings, he first heard, of Rebbe, so he mentioned Rebbe first. Vishamad Benazai Vitani, and then later on he heard that Benazai says the tongue, and he added that. Mishnah but he didn't change the order of anything. Right? Meaning, you have this Mishnah, the Mishnah lists all the, all these different 24 things. Then the Aritana heard of Rebbe's opinion, which says even Sayris. So now he added that. And then people were starting to learn it with the Mishnah and Rebbe's opinion, and they were memorizing it. 
And then you heard about Ben Azai. So he added that on. You didn't want to start changing around the order once people are already memorizing and then you have Machloikas. Some people know it this way. Some people know it that way. So he just kind of appended things as they came so as not to mess with the already accepted traditions that we had because, you know, of course it was Baal Peh, it was memorized and he didn't want to kind of mess with that. But the truth of the matter is that, um, yeah, the Tanakhama says these 24 things. Ben Azai adds to that the tongue. Rebbe adds to that the testicles. Okay. Omar Ula says Ula. Everybody agrees that when it comes to tumma, if you have a dead sheritz that falls on a fellow and he becomes tummy, even if it falls on his tongue, he would become tummy. If a dead sheritz falls on the tongue, right? The gully who ate a sheritz, my time, how come? Because the pasuk says that um, if a um, oh, so it looks like this pasuk is in the context of. Um, of a zov, but I guess it's the same uh, concept that um, anything that um, he will touch, and the tongue is touchable. So the Indian tvi and everyone agrees that when it comes to going to the mikvah, your tongue is considered a hidden part of the body. You don't need to open up your mouth in order to, uh, uh, you know, when you're in the mikvah, right? The, the mikvah is about touching the outer parts of your body. It doesn't need to get inside of your whole body. You don't need to open your mouth when you're in the mikvah. So in terms of going to the mikvah, it's considered hidden, and it's you know you don't need a, to tovel your tongue. My time, because the Torah says that you that you wash your flesh in the water. So just like your flesh is uh, you know uh, out, outside outward facing, so that those are the things I need to go to the mikvah. You don't need to open your mouth when you're in the mikvah. Fine. So everyone agrees that when it comes to Tumah Sheretz, if it falls on your tongue, tame, everyone agrees that when you go to the mikvah, you don't need to open your mouth. The machlokas between Rebbe and the Chachamim is with regard to sprinkling the mei chatas. Rebbe medamid lo the Tumah. Rebbe compares the tongue to the Tumah Sheretz, right? Just like by Tumah Sheretz, it would be tame. So also by uh, the sprinkling of the mechatas, it would be, right, so it would also be relevant and you would be tahor if it spring, if you sprinkle on the tongue. Um, whereas the rabbis compare it to tvila, right, just when, like we're going, when going to the mikvah, um, your tongue is irrelevant, you don't have to open your mouth. So also when it comes to sprinkling the mechatas, your tongue is irrelevant. If it lands on the tongue, it doesn't, it doesn't make a difference. And both Rebbe and the Rabbonon are arguing about the same Pasuk. They just are learning from different parts of the same Pasuk. Vihiza ator al hatome vigomer. That the Pasuk says that the uh, Torah fellow will sprinkle on the Tome fellow. Rebbe Sovar. Rebbe holds vihiza ator al hatome bayom ashlishu bayom ashvi vichito. That he's sprinkling on the Tome, right? That we compare it to Tumah. And just like we said, Tumah Sasheretz. He would be tummy if it touches the tongue. So also, the uh, sprinkling of the mechatas is uh, uh, um, uh, um, um, effective when it touches your tongue. And the rabbis, however, compare the sprinkling of the mechatas to to going to the mikvah. And just like going to the mikvah, the tongue is irrelevant. So also by sprinkling of the mechatas, the tongue is irrelevant. 
Why don't the rabbis, though, hold like Rebbe, compare it to Tuma and say that the tongue is relevant to sprinkling of the Mechatas? So, Tyre Mitaira Havale Lemelaf. Well, because they'd prefer to learn out purification from purification, right? The point of sprinkling the Mechatas is to uh, purify a fellow. The point of going to the mikvah is to purify a fellow. So, therefore, it makes sense to learn out purity from purity. And just like when you go to the, when you go to the mikvah, that your tongue is irrelevant. So also when it comes to sprinkling the paradu, the, the mechatas, the tongue is irrelevant. Rebbe Now why doesn't Rebbe hold like the Rabbanon and compare the sprinkling to going to the mikvah? Um, because the problem with the Rabbanon's um, um, approach according to Rebbe is that the Pasuk says, what does the Pasuk say? And only then, right there, this Vechibes Begadov kind of gets in the way and messes up, messes it up for the rabbis, Rebbe argues. And therefore, you can't, um, you know, kind of breaks up the ability to compare um, the sprinkling to the mikvah. And therefore, the sprinkling is being compared to the tumah, uh, which is relevant by the tongue. Now, we had said that with regard to going to the mikvah, everyone agrees that the tongue is irrelevant. You don't need to open up your mouth when you're in the mikvah. But is that really true? Does Rebbe really agree with that? There was a Maise with a maidservant in the household of Rebbe. She went to the mikvah, but also she came out of the mikvah. And it turned out that there was a bone in her teeth. And Rebbe required her to go to the mikvah again. Now, if Rebbe agrees that anything inside of your mouth does not need to be, you know, tovel, doesn't, you don't have to open your mouth in the mikvah, so who cares if there's anything in her teeth? So, Chevre, listen to what the Gemara answers. It's not so radical. Let's go right to for a second. Granted that you don't need to open up your mouth in the mikvah, but but you do need that in theory the water could get there and this is why I'm excited about this I was trying to remember this phrase the other day remember remember I was trying to remember this this phrase the other day so it's like Reb says by a Korban Mincha a mincha does not need to be mixed together. You don't have to mix together the flour. If you don't mix together the flour, it's fine. But, you know, if you put too much flour in the bowl so that you can't mix it together, even if you wanted to, so that's a problem. So even though you don't have to mix the korban mincha together, but you at least have to be able to mix, mix the korban mincha together. As long as you're able to mix it together, then we don't care whether you do or don't. But if you're unable to mix it together, then it's a problem. It has to be at least able to be mixed together. So here also, you know, yeah, you don't need to open up your mouth in the mikvah. You don't technically need to purify your mouth in the mikvah. But you do need it to be, you know, able to be purified in the mikvah, right? Don't go to the mikvah with stuff in your teeth because, well, I don't need to open my mouth anyways in the mikvah. No, you go to the mikvah with, you know, brush your teeth, have a clean mouth so that, yes, even though you don't need to open your mouth in the mikvah, but at least theoretically, if water, you know, if, if water did get into your mouth, it would at least have the ability to purify your mouth. Um, okay, so. So now, Ketanoi. Let's say that this machloikes about whether castration of the testicles is a mum or not. Let's say it's machloikes tanoim. Umoch vichosus 
crushed and squashed, vinosuk vicharus and cut and torn, severed and torn. Kulan bebeitzim, divir bihuda. Rabbi Yehuda says that those are talking about the testicles. They're not talking about the gid. All right. Um, okay. Divir Yehuda. Where am I? Divir Rabbi Yehuda. Bebeitzim velo begid. One second. We're talking about specifically the testicles and not the gid. So ela kulan af bebeitzim divir Rabbi Yehuda says even the testicles. Rabbi Leizer ben Yaakov Omer kulan begid. Leizer ben Yaakov says no. They're not talking. About, all of them are talking about the gid, not the beitzim. Rabbi Yossi Omer Moch v'chosus af bebeitzim. Nosuk v'chores begid in bebeitzim lo. Whereas Rabbi Yehuda makes a pshari, makes a compromise. He says crushed and squashed is talking about the beitzim, but um, severed and uh, and uh, what was the other one? Severed and uh, I don't remember anymore. Severed and something else. Um, um, begid in bebeitzim lo. Yeah, all right. Well, let me tell you. I forgot what it was. Severed and uh, I don't remember. And now we get to a new Mishnah. Behema Gasa. Nicknames Bimesira Vadaka Bagba Divra Mayra Eliezer Chomum Behemendaka Nicknames Bimeshicha. What's the difference between Mesira and Neshicha? Meshicha. Mesira, transferring, versus Meshicha, pulling, drawing, are basically the opposites, right? If Shimon is selling an animal to Ruven, so Mesira means that Shimon, you know, passes, you know, transfers the animal to Ruven. Meshicha would be if Ruven pulls the animal to him. So, Behemagasa, when it comes to Behemagasa, like a cow, nicknames Bimesira, is acquired through Mesira, that if Shimon is selling his cow to Ruven, he would transfer, he would, you know, pull it by the hair or something, and, 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 to, and he transfer it to Ruven. Ve'adaka, and if he's selling like a sheep, Ba'agboya, Ruvain would come and he would pick it up. Whereas the Chacham say, Behemadaka, nicknames Behemeshicha, whereas the Chacham say that a Behemadaka is acquired to Meshicha, that, you know, Ruvain would pull it. Okay. Toresh Rav Bekimchonya, Behemagasa, nicknames Behemeshicha. That Rav Darshan and Kimchonya, that a Behemagasa is acquired to Meshicha through pulling it. Not like the Mishnah says that it's through. Transferring it. Ashkochinu Shmuel Tamida de Rav. So Shmuel found the students of Rav. Amr when he said to them, Mi Amr Rav Behemagasa nicknames Bemeshicha. Did Rav really say that a Behemagasa can be acquired by pulling it, by drawing it? But our Mishnah says it's by transferring, by the owner transferring it. The Rav Nami Bemesira Omar and Rav also said that it was by transferring, not by drawing. So Hader Bey Meahi has Rav uh, gone back from what he himself said that it's by transferring, not by uh, pulling. So who the Tana Rav was saying like the following Tana the Tanis we learn in the Brisa. That both a Behemagasa and a Behemadaka are acquired b'meshicha um, by pulling it. Rabbi Shimon Omer says Rabbi Shimon zo v'zo be'agbo. That both the Behemagasa and a Behemadaka are acquired by picking it up. Maskath Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef asks Akasha. I don't understand. How are you going to acquire a, a, an elephant? According to Rav Shimon. Rav Shimon says you have to pick it up. How are you going to pick up an elephant? So Omar Le'abayis. Abayis says to Rav Yosef. There's always good old Khalifan. You know. The Shimon, the owner of the elephant. So Ruvain 
gives a pen to Shimon. Shimon pick up, picks up the pen, and Aruvin gets the elephant. Inami um, or else, you know, Ruvain can rent out the land on which the elephant is standing. And then, as we're going to learn on tomorrow's daf, nechasim sheinle, and as we've seen before, nechasim sheinle em nechais niknin im nechasim sheishlem nechais. By purchasing the land or even renting the land, then anything on the land will belong to Ruvain, and uh, including the uh, elephant. Rebzera Amar says, Rebzera, you know how you could pick. So Rebzera says, maybe I bought Kalim, You could take four vessels. Umanichon by Ruvain could take four vessels. Umanichon tachas raglov and put it underneath. The uh, uh, legs of the elephant, and um, basically, right? Meaning, if right, if 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 you put something into your own, you know, you know, if you, I don't know, if you have like a box and you put epis in your box, then you're conan. So here also, if you, you know, if you're putting the elephant on your vessels and standing on your vessels, then you'll be konish. Is that to imply that the vessels of a purchaser? in the domain of the seller works, right? So if I go into a store and I take something and I put it into my bag, it's now mine. But I'm in the it's not I'm not in my own domain. I can't go into somebody else's domain, put something into my vessel and now all of a sudden it belongs to me. So Ach of my skin and here we're talking about Basimto. Well this wasn't in um, Shimon's domain nor was it in Rushusarabim. It was like kind of in a area off the side of Rushusarabim and that's why this can work. Alternatively, you can have the elephant stand on a pile of like branches and stuff. And if it's three, if he's standing three tfachim off the ground, if the branches, I guess the pile is three tfachim off the ground, so it would be some kind of a hakba, because you'd be getting lifted off the ground by three feet. I don't, I don't really understand that one. Because uh, if it's three tfachim off the ground, then it's not lovid anymore, but I guess the branches are considered separate from the ground. I don't know. But then that would be considered a hakba. Interesting. All right. Fine. Friends, that was Daf Chafev, Masech the Kedushin. Basically, we spent a lot of the Daf trying to figure out if an Evid gets castrated, does he go free? And uh, then we talked about how to be Kona Behemagasa. Right? The Tama, Behemagasa, Behemadaka, the Tanakama says, Behemagasa is Bemisira, Behemadaka is Hagba, and the Chachom say, with Meshicha, by Behemadaka. And, um, then we saw another price where the Chacham say that both Behemagasa and Behema Daka are Behemashicha. Rabbi Shimon said both of them are Bagba, which was an interesting assertion. Friends, that was the Chafei of Masech Hope you enjoy. Peace out.